This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, So... Uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. It is the Rush Hour. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on 77 WABC Talk Radio, New York City. This is an important day, folks. Let us not underestimate what happened within the last few hours. There were rumors early this morning that it could happen. The first story broke in Bloomberg this morning from a source close to uh, the negotiations that uh, maybe, maybe, despite all that you've read, despite all that you have heard from uh, the mainstream press, that that this was not going to happen. The good folks at Twitter were not going to let this happen. They were not going to let that barbarian, <laughs> that rich, filthy, rich barbarian who dated the herd, the head herd girl, after what's his name, Johnny Depp? Oh, I Amber Heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dated her. He, they weren't going to let that guy buy Twitter. No, no. no. Poison pill. Poison pills. Investors, they're never going to stand for this. Why? We're going to raise more money than that rich billionaire <laughs> guy with the electric cars could ever raise. We'll never ever give up Twitter. Bo almost bought it, right? Yeah, right. In my <laughs> dreams, I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> it's gone. It, that's what liberals are saying. Right? It's gone. Oh, no, we've, the Titanic has sunk. We have lost it. It's over. WABC's own Jacqueline Carlos here. We're going to go through this because, this, folks, this is a big deal. This is the first of the new mainstream social media platforms yeah. that is switching hands to what some people would call the enemy. What, what, which is so funny about this. This has now become a free speech debate if you listen to Elon Musk. And so why would the good folks at Twitter be some of them nervous as all get out today when Twitter is gone? Well, because they had no other bidders. No other bidders emerged. So that's why they went to the negotiation table after all. Yeah. Wait a minute. So all this business about the poison pill. Well, that was just to buy them some time and see what was best for their shareholders, see if another bidder stepped forward, see how this was all going to shake out. It just bought them time. So do we know yet whether 
they accepted his first and final offer? Well, it says that they still have to sign the paperwork, but it's it's a done thing. $44 billion approximately he bought it for. Which was near his first and final offer. Yeah, it was. I think he, he kind of scraped together 46.3 or something, right. but he... Somehow he got it for the low, low price of forty-four million. The rest, billion. Of lo- yeah, lawyers' costs going to take up the other two or three billion. I mean, probably. Yeah, you know. Okay, so you um, that first cut that we heard at the beginning of the show, yeah, cut eleven. We're going to play that again. This is a cut that you brought my attention to, Jacqueline, where he says what Elon's mission is. And let's play this again, folks, because this is critical toward understanding why the left is in panic mode this afternoon. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, um, so uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Now, let us remember something. Up until now, Twitter has been really uncompromisingly clear that they will throw off whoever they want to throw off. If you're the president of the United States and they don't like what you're saying, so what? You're just the president. We'll throw you off. Well, I it was it was my understanding that they were under a lot of public pressure to do that. I mean, they had a lot of meetings about whether or not to do that. They there's a lot to this free speech thing and and a lot to think about and what people are saying are is that Elon Musk is going to get a fast education in how that is going to all shake out as well, because there's a lot to think about. It's hard for one person to be judge and jury on what is free speech and what is not damaging. All right, Jacqueline, let me just give you an example. Over the last few weeks, uh, the person that's looking at another social media platform, she she calls herself libs of TikTok. Okay. And what she's done is go through TikTok and pick out some of the more, how shall we say, progressive uh, videos of people, for instance, with this whole sexuality in school business. And she's played remarks from teachers. She got thrown off of Twitter, not because of what she said, but because she posted what liberals were actually saying themselves. But they didn't suspend the liberal; They suspended her for posting it. How in the world, and I'm not asking you because to defend Twitter, but I'm just saying I don't understand how in the world that that kind of thing can be supported on what's supposed to be a free speech platform. Well, that just goes back to the age-old argument. Everyone has free speech, but can you yell fire in a crowded movie theater? There's nuances to this whole thing, and it's, I, you know, you kind of need a, more than one person, I think, making those decisions. And like there are. Yeah, there are. But there are also algorithms making those decisions, which brings us to cut 12, Elon Musk. One of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes uh, to people's tweets. You know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. This is powerful. From the new owner of Twitter, by the way, the new owner of Twitter is uh, telling the troops over there at Twitter, here's what to expect if you want to stay employed here. 
You might have to change your little hawker rhythms. How do you like that? <laughs> brilliant. I say brilliant. You might not be able to just keep throwing people off with your little mathematical equations. Hmm. Mm. What do you think about that? You know, I You just, look puzzled when I you, am. I am because I, you just don't you don't know how it's really going to play out, really. Yes, and I know that's part of the fun of it. I can't wait to see these liberals just screeching panties up in the water. Excuse me, no offense to anybody. But I just can't wait because these people are terrified that there will actually be transparency. What he said there was really important because what he's, this is sort of blockchain mentality. We're going to open source. Number one, this is a private company that has been very secretive, just like Facebook, about how they are determining to throw people off. What Elon Musk said in that quote, unless I got it wrong, we want to open source the algorithm so everybody can see what we're doing. Is that what you heard? Yes. Okay. So he also says, and this is, I love this. This is not only going to set the little progressives here. Our next cut, what's that? What's that, Jacqueline? What does it say there? It's important for the USA to help freedom in the world. Let's take a listen, shall we? It's important to the fun- function of democracy. Um, it's important to the function of uh, the United States uh, as, as a free country and on many other countries and to help, actually to help freedom in the world. Wow. Decidedly, he sees this as a cause. Yeah. And a cause that way, yeah, and a cause to help the United States. Well, he he sees apparently the role of the United States is to help freedom stay in the world, and he sees this as a vital part of helping the United States to do that. Well, that's what they're saying. Why he just didn't accept the position on the board? He he felt that Twitter was not living up to its potential as a platform for free, free speech, and he wants to make changes. But what will they actually be and how will it affect everyone and the company is another story altogether. Well, here's what I hope. I hope that we've reached an age where the wokeism, that this is another – what I think is really happening here, and this is stunning, I think in the past three days we've had the ex-CEO of McDonald's come out and say he's forming an organization to help – um, the CEOs who want to run woke companies become unwoke to realize that their corporate mission is not to be woke or to be involved in politics, but rather to provide value for their shareholders. That's your mission. Sell your product, shut your mouth, bring value to your shareholders and stay out of politics. So we've had that. And yeah. that's a big deal. Former CEO of McDonald's, he's known in the, you know, okay. Then we've had, this ongoing battle with Disney and Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And from my point of view, DeSantis is clearly winning that battle. Um, That remains to be seen, I I know, because there are some other legal actions that uh, Disney is promising. But I don't see how, on the face of it, you can make a state grant you special privileges. I don't get that. I don't see that as being something that's going to be upheld. And even if they lose in court, the moral battle, I would argue, has been won by Disney. Or at least this this is an argument that is now in the public square. And now you have Elon Musk, who's pretty much arguing against wokeness. He's another one. Look, we he's for freedom, freedom of speech. We need to help America. 
help people become free and stay free. Yeah. This is a big statement. It is. Okay, now, let us go to cut 15, because I think this is also an incredible statement. This is not a, a, a way to sort of make money. He's not doing this to make money. Mr. Billions. Okay. I know he said that. But it's kind of like, I, I don't know, even the richest man in the world, if you're going to spend $44 billion, it's not to make money. I, I don't know. Maybe he's making enough money on Tesla and his spaceships. Yeah, he's doing quite well with Tesla, actually. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about the spaceship business. I mean, isn't he battling Amazon Prime on that one? Oh, I don't I, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, Blue Origins, Amazon Prime. That's, that's the SpaceX versus Amazon. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cut 16. Twitter. What will become of poor Twitter? Twitter or any forum is bound by the laws of the country that it operates in. Um, so to, obviously there, there are some limitations on free speech uh, in, in the U.S. And, and of course, uh, Twitter would have to abide by those uh, right. rules. That goes to what you were, I think, saying earlier, that, yeah, okay, he still has to. But what are those laws? You know, like, in your mind, what are the laws? Like, In, in it, my mind, the laws say you can't walk around throwing off President Trump off your website because you don't like him. You have to let him have his freedom of speech, too. <laughs> That's what I think. I think it also says I would be uh, 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 remiss if I didn't add this. I think at Twitter you can you can't. If I go on Twitter, if you go on Twitter, yes, Jacqueline, if we don't like what someone's saying to us or saying about us or someone's being a pest or a gnat. Block. An, an ankle biter. Right. Block. The president of the United States couldn't block legally. He got sued for blocking. And I always question whether that was a, a good decision or not. I think ultimately what this is also going to start yielding fruit Two is the underlying issue with all the social media platforms. Are they publishers or are they a plat- platform? Platform. Publisher. <laughs> it's, we, we make a great team because we do not agree on it. <laughs> yeah, publisher. They publish stuff all the time, but they only publish what they want to publish. For instance, let me give you, let me give you this to ponder. Okay, COVID. Now, there are doctors who have come up with, based on their own expertise and their own case history, have come to conclusions about COVID. Okay. They were banned and thrown off Twitter because some, for all we know, some little millennial sitting in his underwear or her underwear (laughs) at home watching an algorithm decided, well, this person's saying something that's not true. That's disinformation. When you start down that path that you are going to decide the information that gets out, what's disinformation, what's not, you're acting as an editor. You're not acting as an impartial being. When you're acting as an editor, you have a publication, whether it's a digital publication or not. True. Oh, I like that. See, she agrees with me, folks. that. Have some more, please. <laughs> Stay here. We're gonna. When I finish, James Golden, aka Bosnelli, your telephone calls. We want to know what you think. I want to know what you think. Okay, eight hundred eight four eight WABC is that number to call. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Is this a big deal to you? 
Do you think that today the dam has burst on wokeism on social media? Coming right back after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush on Rush. 77 WABC. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, rush. Yes. What? That's <laughs> all right. Jacqueline's in here cutting it up, y'all. Yes. And, th- and then I'm looking across into the control room when I see this insult <laughs> staring me in the face. What is this insult I'm talking about to stare me in the face? Somebody's got a New York Giants thing on their chest. Uh-oh. I mean, Heaven. seriously? New York Giants? Okay, I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. Born and raised in in New York. That's right. All my life. One football team. The football team. America's football team. The Dallas Cowboys. Get with it. <laughs> okay, bringing this New York Giants stuff in here. Seriously, dude? Come on, where's the music? Thank you. I wish I could sing. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And speaking of singing, I want to do a special shout-out to our friend Chris Jasper, who was in with us on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Chris Jasper, Isley Brothers. We spent about a half an hour with Chris, and he debuted his new song, We Are the People, We Are the Nation. It was a tribute. It's a tribute to America, Chris Jasper. Isley Brothers, Jasper, <clears throat> man, he's, I'll tell you, he's a heck of a songwriter. <laughs> yeah. Some iconic songs, New York Giants. Um, <laughs> some all kind of, seriously. What was he thinking? <laughs> being here in New York <laughs> and all. Yeah, being, being, okay. Now, there was more that Mr., um, uh, by the way, I'm on at 12 noon every day this week. Yeah, well, after Bill O'Reilly. In the 12 noon hour, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then we're here at, again at 4. So, double dose. Yep, a double dose of bow. I love it. Now, Elon had more to say. Yeah, he's talking about uh, timeouts and permanent bans. Let's hear it. Cut 17. That would be cut 17. We want to be just very reluctant to delete things and, and have um, just, just be very cautious with, with, with per- permanent bans. Uh, you know, t- timeouts, I think, are better. <laughs> works with kids. <laughs> Why not adults? It works with kids. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so so that means we're going to be very careful. We're not just willy-nilly going to throw the president of your country off of our social media site because we got a bunch of flaming liberals working for our company who don't like him. 
And I know that you're quiet on that part. You're in the news business. I'm a journalist. So right, I you're just... a journalist. <clears throat> Leave it to me. I'm a talk show host. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. That's what the translation of that is, folks. Here's the translation. Play the cut one more time, please. We want to be just very reluctant to delete things and, and have um, just, just be very cautious with, with, with per- permanent bans. Uh, you know, t- timeouts, I think, are better. Here's, okay, let me translate that. Uh, to, to you people that I just bought, you, you, yeah, that's right, you. Mm-hmm. You people on the third floor floor there or Twitter, okay, those of you who sit in the, in the we're going to throw out that person department, guess what? There's a new sheriff in town. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to just throw off people willy-nilly, not the president of the United States, or not any of these conservatives that you like just tossing out at random. You're actually going to have to pay attention to your job. How about that? Boy, they must be shaking in their boots over at Twitter this afternoon. Uh, I would I would like to know for sure what, what they think, wouldn't you? Like, I would what, love, yes. Like yeah. Just to hear what the conversation is there. You know who can tell us probably? Who? James O'Keefe. He probably has an undercover operation <laughs> with Project Veritas right now. Listen to all these Twitter people complaining about Elon Musk, and he's going to come out with it probably. I would love if something like that were to happen. It might. Yeah, what else did he have to say? Well, he's talking about how important it is to have a trusted platform. Cut 18. My, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics at all. You, okay, that's, that's cool to hear. Well, once again, he says he doesn't care about the economics. This is about freedom of speech. Broadly inclusive. Mm-hmm. Inclusive. Mm-hmm. Broadly <laughs> inclusive. <laughs> Not just inclusive, broadly inclusive freedom of speech. And a trusted platform, according to him. Yes, and trusted meaning. That it's it's open. That yes. they, they tell you how they've made decisions about what whether or not to keep someone on or not. This it's, is an earthquake for social media. It is. What happens now to Facebook? What happens now to to uh TikTok? What happens to, you know, I'm just going to have to start looking at this TikTok thing because I tell you, it's some stuff on that site coming out. That's... We should have been on TikTok today with our dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so TikTok, you've got uh, um, you've got all these other ones. Snapchat. Parlor, yeah, Getter. There's so many. And you know what? For everyone we know now, there'll be another 10 next and, year. And you know who's still the boss? Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one last question. Nothing to do with the social media stuff. We okay. passed the, we could just, you know, over the weekend, uh, President, former President Trump said Prince Harry is whipped by Meghan. And he has called for the queen to strip all the royal titles down. I'm not quite sure what he means by this. What about being whipped or the titles? Um, Both. I don't know how to get in his mind. Okay. I'll leave it there. That would be a lot of work. <laughs> Jacqueline Carl, WABC News, thank you for helping thank break you. down the big story of the day, Twitter. Thanks for having me. Anytime. WABC Talk Radio 77.
We're coming back. We have your calls. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't go yet. Wally wants to have, have a word. Hello, Wally. Welcome, WABC. Welcome, both. A pleasure to be on your show, and it's an honor. Uh, I'm sorry. I was working. I didn't catch the initial uh, introduction, the young lady who's on with you. She's our news. When- yes. Go ahead. Jacqueline, okay. Okay. Jacqueline Carl. Go ahead. When you were talking and giving some, uh, you know, thoughts and uh, introductions and, and, and snippets from uh, Mr. Mux, he, uh, she sounded like she almost wanted to puke. I wasn't sure if she worked for MSNBC or, you know, just maybe was trying to give, you know, opposite uh, uh, opinions. No, I just but had a Twizzler. I just ate a couple of Twizzlers. If I sounded a little nauseous, that was the reason. Because you know what it is? As you know, when MSNBC, CNN, Washington Post, when they're all losing their minds about it, we all know it's good. And when the president, ex-president of the United States, who I voted for but would not hope he doesn't run again. Because oh, really? Divisive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love him to death, but I, I just think it's too divisive. And they will do anything they have to do to make sure he doesn't win. And they'll stop at nothing for that. But anyway, uh, and it, so he gets kicked off, but the Ayatollah and all these other people stay on, and people's accounts get frozen, like the New York Post. Remember the bulls? That's story right, about- over, over the laptop, over Hunter Biden's laptop. They, they, they threw that story off and censored it because they said it was disinformation. Now, of course, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all of the other mainstream press that ignored that story, kept that story from their readers, have to admit, yeah, this laptop was real. Month, of course, after the elections, way over with. Of uh, of whoever he wanted to, and uh, that was okay. But they were all on board for that. So I think it's a great day for America. I think it's a great day for everyone. And now, you know, now we're on a fair playing field. And uh, you know, and that's all I got to say. So all I right, thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Bless you. And have a good night. All right, you too. Thank you so much. Can I have one of those Twizzlers? I'll get you a Twizzler. <laughs> Young lady. <laughs> James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sterling. You're listening to Bo Sterling's Rush Hour here on WABC. Right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Now here's Bo Snurdly. W A B C. Talk Radio 77 in New York, James Golden, a.k.a. You know who that is. Jimmy. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. The only man that could play guitar the way he played it. You know, little secret about this. 
You know, people all the time say, oh, this one's the greatest guitar player, this one's the greatest. And believe me, you could talk all afternoon about great guitar players and not still mention them all. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, Terry Kath from Chicago. Terry Kath is always going to be one of my favorite guitarists. Left way too soon. John McLaughlin, amazing guitarist. And you go back to George Benson's. Those, you know, there's so many. If you go back further, oh, man, I just love this. Django, Rango. I mean, Django was just amazing, right? You can go all the way back. But there's only one Jimi Hendrix. And that's because Jimi Hendrix got these sounds without using pedals, without using all this. He, he actually used to turn into the amplifier and use the distortions that came to make his sounds. He's unbelievable. He's unparalleled. He will always be the world's most amazing guitar player, Jimi Hendrix. WABC, listen, a Rhode Island state Democrat is drawing scrutiny for proposing. Get what's being proposed in Rhode Island. This is from Senator Samuel Bell. Every unvaccinated Rhode Island resident, 16 years or older, would have to pay a monthly civil penalty penalty of $50. And whatever their personal income tax was, they'd have to pay twice the amount for being unvaccinated. That is what this guy, this liberal in Rhode Island wants. Now, just to show you, liberals here, here, there, everywhere. You know, like the Beatles song, here, there, everywhere. Liberals here, there, and everywhere, same kind of ilk. In Washington, D.C. area, the Mark Ehrlich, the county executive of Montgomery County, Maryland. Now, anybody that knows anything about Maryland politics knows Montgomery County is like liberalism and progressivism on steroids. On steroids. And I mean it. I've been there. I've been in dealing with some of these people in Montgomery County. These are like liberals on hyper. These liberals could be California liberals if they didn't live in Maryland. In some cases, they may even be more liberal and progressive than California liberals. Montgomery County liberals. Anyway. The uh, county executive says if a sufficient number of local residents don't get their vaccine booster, they're going to shut down the schools. He's like, screw you. Oh, you don't want to get vaccinated? Well, we'll just shut down the schools. See whether you get vaccinated then. So you got this one in Rhode Island saying if you don't get vaccinated, you have to pay this really crazy tax and get fined. And if in Maryland... If you don't pay, eh, we'll shut down your schools. Go deal with that. Now, on the 12 o'clock show, if you weren't with us, you should have been. We broke down the French election. Macron won over Lapine, and the liberals are happy because they saved France and saved Europe from the evil right-wingers once again. And now, Joe Biden's chief of staff, Mr. Klain is saying that what that election proves in Europe is that Joe Biden can win again.
Because if if anybody has poll numbers as stinky as Emmanuel Macron's poll numbers were and can win, that means Joe Biden can win over here too. We are not the French. Keep that in mind. Okay. Wall Street analyst, speaking of social media, says Facebook is going to be as challenged in the future because TikTok is eating up their audience. We shall see. Joy Reid. Many of you that know and have seen Joy Reid, what can we say about her? ABW, angry black woman. ABW, angry all the time. And she makes some of the most outrageous racist comments. What did I just hear this guy say that there's a black woman making racist comments? Yeah, that's what you said. She's a racist. She makes some of the most vile racist comments I've ever heard in my life. And so the other day, DeSantis had some kids at one of his his events, some black kids, and they had on like anti-CRT, anti-critical race theory signs. That's what they were holding. So she got mad. She says that this is child abuse. There ought to be an because these black kids think differently. They must be suffering from child. They must be abused. And she wanted an investigation because these kids, these black kids, dare think differently than she and her communist progressive buddies think. So I just so the governor's office down there has issued a response to it. She said the the misuse of black boys is tantamount to child abuse. I would really like to hear the backstory on who these kids were and how they wound up at a DeSantis event. Well, I'd like to hear the story of how Democrats keep getting people to show up for them decade after decade. And now another one on MSNBC, which is becoming, in my view, a racist network, has gone after Herschel Walker. He said, this is another black guy, says that Herschel Walker is shucking and jiving for his white handlers. Now that is clearly, if some Republican said that about a Democrat, you would never hear the end of it. But it's racist, it's against the black conservative, so you know what, doesn't matter. In New York, our so-called Attorney General, Letitia, who doesn't have enough real criminals to go after, has successfully asked a judge to hold former President Trump in contempt of court for failing to turn over records being uh, sought as part of her civil probe, <clears throat> civil probe, her persecution of the Trump family. And she announced even when she was running for office that she was going to persecute Trump. So this is not a prosecution. This is a persecution and has been. The, the judge has said, yeah, he's going to uh, fine Donald Trump $10,000 for each day He's failed to turn over records. You would think that they have no records. They have or, The Trump organization has already turned over 6 million pages. 6 million pages to Letitia James. And yet, she's, I guess they're still looking for some kind of smoking gun that they don't have in this persecution. And with all the crime going on in New York, you know what, Letitia, you're so busy can you can you do you think you might spare a minute or two and look into these uh big mansions that BLM is buying with their supporters' money? Do you have time to do that, Letitia James? Uh, no, didn't think so. Uh, okay. Telephone call, then we got to go to a quick break. Uh let's go 
to John in Highland Park, New Jersey. Hello, John. Hi there, Bo. Loving you. Loving you all the time here in Highland Park, New Jersey. Man, what a treat. Thank you. Um, have yet to catch your, catch your 12 noon thing, but you sneak up on us with those things. Like we went, when you went to 7 a.m. on a Saturday, man, I was mad. I missed like two hours of consecutive weeks of you. But anyway, um, the sound of in TikTok, what's going on? I mean, in Twitter, you're wondering, what does it sound like if you were bugging on a wall? If you if you can imagine 10,000 rats jumping off the ship, <laughs> that would come close, I think. Can you imagine them poor, those, those crazy, those poor liberal, whatever they are, snowflakes, man, that they did for a living? They listened to a. You ever get like, and there's like stuff you get from like a year back on Facebook, two years ago. You get banned for like a few days because of something or other. But anyway, that's the sound. And I should have saved that. You could have hit me on the rapid fire. Let me get you, let you go. Thank and, you, my uh, friend. I really appreciate the sound of two million rats trying to get overboard at one time. I just, I love it. WABC Talk Radio 77. This is Bo Stanley's Rush Hour. And we're coming back. More of your calls right after this. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, rush, rush. Hey, hey, hey. Edward Starr brings us back. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Got up. Keep on walking. 25 miles. This was Edwin Starr's first hit. And after this came the second big one for him. Wall. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. My friend, the beautiful, out of her mind beautiful, Rita Cosby just came. Hi, Rita. Hi there, Bo. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm going to be doing the show after you with the great John Katsimatidis. But I said, look at the dapper guy. We're both wearing red. Well, you know it. And we are so happy to see you here, my friend. We go back so many we years. We do. I so love being on the same station with you. Oh, my. When I saw you here, I was one of the first people. I was like, Bo is with us. He is great. And you are just rocking it out of the park, my friend. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. But it's all right up your alley. Yeah, you know, Twitter, they're having a little bad day over there, Twitter. They, they are. Yeah, yeah. They are. And, but you know what? I can't wait to see what happens to all the Wokies because are they going to flip out like they said they would? It's just like, remember when Alec Baldwin said he's going to leave and go to Canada if Trump right. is elected. Right. So let's see what they do. And I love the fact that Elon Musk put out a, actually a message earlier this morning and said, I hope everybody stays. I'm really for free speech. To have somebody say, I'm here for free speech, and people say, I'm leaving, what does that say about that? It says a lot. But can you imagine this, by the way? Can you imagine uh, if these employees try to do a Disney on Elon Musk and say, okay, we're mad. We're going to walk out, and we're going to – can you imagine what happens with Elon? Oh, walk out? Right. Stay out. Stay out. Exactly. He'll get so many people saying, I want to work for Twitter. I want to do this at Twitter. The the job applications will flood in. Now, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, Rita. There was a story, and this is a sad story. To me, it really is a sad story. Larry Kudlow today, before I was on at noon, Larry Kudlow, well, while I was in the show, Larry Kudlow had some remarks, you know, as part of the show now. And Larry Kudlow was saying, last week was Earth Day, and it barely got a mention 
no one really noticed it. But there was one story. I came back later. There was one story that I noticed on Earth. It was very sad. Um, this Wayne Bruce, Boulder, Colorado, set himself alight in front of the Supreme Court, killed himself. He was Buddhist, he was a, and, and he was practicing Buddhism, but he was also doing it for climate change. And I thought to myself, and, and, and a, a fellow um, m- member of where he worshipped said, you know, this was not a suicide, it was an act of compassion to bring attention to the climate. And I, right. I disagree, this was a suicide. You killed yourself. Right. And for me, I, I what in the world must you think to kill yourself over the idea that climate change is so horrendous when the climate has been changing on the earth ever since the day the earth was created. Well, I think he's listening to people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, you hear the rhetoric from some of the people on the far left, and it is heartbreaking, by the way, obviously, that somebody took his life. Um, I think it's absolutely heartbreaking. But you hear so much of the rhetoric on the left that climate change is a crisis, that the world is coming to an end. You know, remember some of the rhetoric that we've heard over the last few years? And I'm looking, you know, I'm going, wait, uh, what's going on in Ukraine is really serious stuff. Uh, what's happening even here domestically with, with some of the issues with the economy and crime and so many of the issues that are here. There's so, those are some serious issues. To go over on climate change, that's a pretty dramatic and it just shows I'm... some of the mindset of some of these folks that they're not looking at. What about the border? You and I, you've done a beautiful job with your podcast also, Bo, well, with, the, you, with, the, with Todd Benzman. I, I love that. That was a great podcast. And there, there are some huge issues where our sovereignty, our security of our country, security of our world's at stake. That's what I think we should be focused on, although I am sad about somebody taking their life. Me too, and especially fire. I mean, seriously, that's got to hurt. Right. By the way, interesting uh, story. Producer Rick Rodavalli was telling me before here, this is interesting, On the, back to the Tesla, that there are some people who are very upset because a lot of the Wokies are buying <laughs> Tesla. So now they're in a box. They don't know what to do. They can get, I don't know whether you've seen this. Um, the, the Chinese government has an EV car out now. I got to tell you, it's not bad looking. I wonder who's in, I, I wonder whose intellectual property they stole so that they could I'm get. I'm sure a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I'm not buying one of those, Bo. I hope you don't either. I know you won't. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm looking at the. To be honest with you, I'm looking at uh, the Tesla. Um, I had a friend. You know what? For so many years, I was kind of like, nah, nah. Forget this electric car business. And I just want to know when everybody has electric cars, what we're going to do to power them? Because everybody seems to forget that fossil fuels are the underlying power to power your electric vehicle. So how are we going to get enough fossil fuels to power all of these electric cars? Right, and if it's going to be suddenly, too, at once, too, it's like, how are you going to come on? It, to me, this is just such a case of we got to go back to what has worked and our president needs to open the spigots. That's it. That's exactly right. By the way, you know, New York City, have you seen these new hybrid buses they're rolling out? I have. They look, I have. They, hey, these I, things are nice and They look quiet. really nice. They they're look gorgeous. actually really beautiful. Right. And I don't see any emissions coming out. And I'm like, you know, this is not a bad idea. Now, all they need to do is have the subway cars look like that and then maybe have a few cameras that work in the subway station, and have, too. Uh, some policemen maybe patrolling. Yeah, that would be a nice touch. 50% increase. And subway crimes from this time last year. It's heartbreaking. And today they launched an inquiry to look into the cameras because the cameras didn't work when that horrible shooting happened, which was atrocious. I mean, you, pen, you spend all this money 
and you're talking about bike lanes and all this. What about also the subway? We got to feel safe. Well, maybe when the mayor can maybe come take a little time out from the events. I'm telling you, this mayor is like Mr. GQ. This guy, I've never seen a public official that dresses better than Mayor Adams. Well, he's a vegan. He's a vegan. And he's so a he, vegan. He's a vegan. Which he's I, a vegan. You know, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, are you? Oh, For like, like over half my life. By the way, you, you dress as well as... No, Mayor I Adams. don't. Oh, oh, oh you are on. super styling, my friend. But not like you the mayor. You are super styling. But maybe after he gets through going to and, and giving all the breaks for the athletes when they don't get vaccinated, while the poor people that that held New York together, like the police, like and the police, the, the firemen who got fired, oh, oh. and the hospital workers who got fired, outrageous because they wouldn't take their vaccine. They're not athletes. They're right. not part of the elite class of New York. You see, outrageous. And he stood by it. He said, "Listen." And now that's my point. Today they're talking also about helping the bike lanes. I think you know what? There's a way to balance this, but focus on the subway. Focus on other things first. You haven't gotten that area fixed yet. We're not talking subways. We're talking about quality of life and being able to feel safe on the streets. You got to spend money there. Right. So when Mayor, when Mr. Mayor finally, I want him so bad because I, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, ambush him or, or be rude to him or anything. I just want to ask him questions about the governance of New York because I think that, Rita, mm-hmm. I think we're in a, an opportunity right now like we haven't had in New York ever in our lifetime. Yeah, I agree. We I have agree. so much empty real estate here. If we lower the tax rates where people actually want to be here and can afford to be here, we can bring in a new creative energy into this city. And we need to bring them back because so many people have left and are not coming back. But getting to your point, Bo, first of all, they have to have great quality of life. They have to feel safe on the streets. And they are seeing the headlines and people who have thought about dreaming of coming to New York because it is the greatest city in the world. But people fantasize and say, God, I want to go to New York one day. They see the headlines of the shooting in Times Square. They see the shooting in the Brooklyn subway. And that's what's scaring them away. He's got to get crime under control. And also repeat offenders behind bars. Well, There's got to be a change with that. 12 o'clock hour when I was on the day did, did the story. The polls say, and I found this surprising, maybe you do too. That that there is support for bail reform yes. in New York. Yeah, because the they, average New Yorker so, wants to be safe. But bail reform is what gave us this problem of the the reoccurring criminal never staying put in jail and being out so that he can continue or she can continue to commit crimes. I don't understand. Well, I think they also need to explain it better. If you ask the question, "Do you want things fixed in New York?" Do you want repeat offenders behind bars? I think the answer would be different, but they phrase it in sort of this this colory way. Uh, you see where I'm going? Uh, you see where I'm going? If you yeah. said, hey, if somebody commits a crime, should they be behind bars? If they commit this type of crime, the answer would be yes. So I think the average American needs to be, and the average New Yorker, needs to be asked the right questions, not the ones that the pollsters are trying to trick, but also some of the new polls are showing that Kathy Hochul's support has gone down. That and people are that. frustrated. Yes, right. the Siena poll, they're frustrated with that. So the WABC question of the day, and I'm going to pose it to you, was, do you, would you take your family to the rodent kingdom? That's not the question. That's the way I, <laughs> to the rodent kingdom. Here's the question. Do you want to take your kids to Disney in, in light of everything that's happened 
at Disney this year? Would you take your family there? Would, well, you know what? I love Disney, but I feel differently about Disney now. I have this feeling. And by the way, I saw the poll. Overwhelmingly, people said, heck no. I'm giving the, the nice version of it. They said, <laughs> no way. And I think people just, why did you get involved? Why did you ruin Mickey Mouse for all of us, even the kids at heart like me? Well, I've never been a kid at heart. You know, I mean, I think I watched the the, 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 the Musketeer or whatever it was club when I was a kid because I have memories of Annette Funicello somewhere in my mind. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, but, but right. that's it. But that's And Jimmy and right. Jimmy. There, there was Jimmy and there was Annette. And that's all I remember from the Musketeers. But isn't it crazy that they got so engaged? Bo, it's so ridiculous. Right. You know, and first of all, they're based in Burbank. For them to first, you know, first the guy didn't weigh in, then he weighed in. It's like, I mean, what the heck are they doing? This is so crazy. You know, they should be appealing to everybody, childlike, bring it on, make it happy place again. Don't get into this wokeness. Rita, thank you so much. Where can people find you here? They can listen to me, by the way, on WABC every night, 10 p.m. to midnight. And Bo, Bo brings it on home in the afternoon. I'll be also on with Cats at Night coming up in just a few minutes here. I'll be co-hosting with the great John Katzenbatidis. Oh, you're so lucky. Thank you. WABC Talk Radio 77, my friends, it is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Listen, we are Pennsylvania, we are Connecticut, we are Long Island, we are New Jersey. All of us are New York City. New York City, greatest city in the world, this America, a nation like no other in history of mankind. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. And look down with special favor on those suffering in Ukraine. Back tomorrow, Cats at Night up next. Bye.